This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. Butler, T-Y-D-B-U-T-L-E-R. That is on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, we're going your way for another two and a half hours, so 6.30. It is fourth and 18 for the Vikings, and they convert to Justin Jefferson on a one-handed catch uh, to extend the drive. So they've got a chance to beat the Bills, which would be great news for the Jet fans. And I actually got it wrong. If the Bills lose this game, the Dolphins, uh, they're going to beat the Browns today. The Dolphins are actually going to be in first place because they haven't had their bye yet. They'll be 7-3, and three, a half game ahead of both the Jets and the Bills. Uh, but this would be a, a big win for the Vikings. Uh, the second straight week, they'd have a come-from-behind win. Meanwhile, the Giants... Up 21-13 against the Texans. Looks like they're going to win this game and improve to 7-2. and two. We'll be all over it once that concludes. 800-919-3776. Back to the Nick calls we go. We talk to Tashi and Astoria. What's up, Tashi? Hi, thank you for taking my call. Of course, man. Thank you for making it. What's up? Uh, basically, like, the three-point field goal percentage. That's the key in today's NBA. And Knicks are at number 28 out of 30 teams. Our main guys, uh, Barrett and Randall, high-volume shooters, they're shooting at a really bad percentage. And uh, the solution basically on that is going to be they got to get to the gym and keep shooting. I even texted uh, R.J. Barrett on Instagram saying, you need some shooting lessons. I mean, we could get together. I mean, that's how bad it's gotten <laughs> for the Knicks. You think he's going to read it and respond to you? It doesn't matter as long as he gets the focus that, I mean, you know, those are the skills that, you as an NBA player have to have it. I mean, you know, this is the Curry League. I mean, if you can't shoot threes, you're not going to help your team. And it's plain and simple. <laughs> I got to admit that this joke was fed to me. Uh, how, how is how is R.J. Barrett going to focus if he's reading DMs? I'm just, all I'm trying, I mean, no matter. <laughs> I understand. Even the, I understand Steve Steve saying, even the busiest guy in the world has time, so, <laughs> a little bit of time. So basically, I mean, this is, one of the premier skill in the NBA today, three-point field goal no, shooting. I, I mean, I'm so just joking with you, but uh, Tasha, yeah. you're you're 1,000 percent correct, and I appreciate the call. The Knicks struggles from three, and when your three best players are not getting it done from from downtown, you, it's hard to win games that way, especially when you're so bad defensively. And we saw Oklahoma City just possession after possession, not just hit threes, but hit wide open threes, which is so concerning. These guys are so wide open. Dribble penetration uh, from SGA and from Giddy, finding perimeter shooters, and the Knicks just had no answer for it. And then on the other side, as you mentioned, they're just clanking. It's RJ clank, Randall clank. You know, Cam Reddish hit a couple threes today. Obi Toppin got involved from three-point range, but it's just not enough. And it's it, they. It, Michael K always says this: like when, when we talk about teams looking lifeless and lethargic and effortless, it's because they're losing. Like if a team, if, a, if if the Yankees win one nothing, we're gonna have a different conversation as opposed to them losing one nothing. Like one nothing, oh what a valiant effort, starting rotation, great. They lose one nothing, they're lethar- they're lethargic, they're not hustling out of the box. It's the same in, in basketball, where you know if the the Knicks scored enough points today to win this game, and if it's one thirty five to one thirty, we're praising them for the offensive potency. But today it's all about you know they they looked effortless on defense, and they didn't get the job done. So it's just interesting how the, the conversation changes, and it's predicated really on the result. And this year, 
through 13 games or a game under 500, the results have not been pretty. And Nick fans have every right to be concerned. It looks like we have Brooklyn calling from Brooklyn, which I'm excited to, to have this conversation. What's up, Brooklyn? Hello? What's up? Are you is your name happening? actually Brooklyn? Nah, listen. That's the name that they gave me back when I was in college. That was about 30 years ago. And it stuck with me ever since. So why they give you that name? How how'd you earn it? What happened? I earned it because I was in Virginia. I went to Virginia State University back in 1986. I ain't really never been down south. And I I I, I graduated from high school. I didn't know what I was gonna do. I told my partner. I said, Listen, man, my mom's and I'm sending me down to Virginia State. You wanna come? He said, All right. So we went down together, and both of us is from. Brooklyn, and we just made a name for ourselves on campus. So Love I it. was D Brooklyn, and he was T Brooklyn, nice. and it stuck with us ever since. Nice, I appreciate that. Uh, can I tell you? And this, what I'm about to do is kind of rude, but I feel like I'm comfortable enough to do it. You sound like a nice guy. So you said you so you matriculated in 1986, or you graduated? Was that what? What, what was that year? I went down there freshman year in 1986. So when you started freshman year, I was negative seven years old. Does that make you feel old exactly. at all? Exactly. Exactly. And the one thing I got to say about you, Ty, I love your insight. Even you, though bro. you were young into me, every time I hear you speak, I say, God damn, it's like we're brothers from another <laughs> mother. You know what I'm saying? I love your insight when it comes to the sports lick. You really know what you're talking about. I appreciate that, bro. I appreciate that, man. Appreciate you, dog. What's up? What's up? And I'm glad you, you caught up to speed with this Donovan Mitchell thing. Now, I, I, I just want to interject this, this one thing into the New York metro area. I don't understand how you drop the ball with Donovan Mitchell. I heard so much negative slight about this man. This man is a superstar, right? A yes. superstar, but he was disrespected, never ended up in New York, and now he's shining in Cleveland like how he's supposed to. Now, the problem I have with this, I'm going to ask you one question, Ty. Who, what player on the Knicks, on the tire organization, is better than Donovan Mitchell? Oh, none. They don't have a single player better than Donovan Mitchell on this run. That is my point. Now, I understand about the picks and Barrett, and I love Barrett. Barrett, let me tell you something. You know what the problem is with the Knicks? They're playing old-school basketball in a new-school era. That's why I love R.J. Barrett. He has an old man's game, but he has to catch up with the times, and this is where Donovan Mitchell come in. This man is only 6'1", 6'2", or 6'3", something like that. But the man is a very small man, and he's playing amongst trees. Do you see the things that he's able to do? On a regular basis, this man is a superstar, and we should have had him, and we would have been doing 10 to 15 to 30% better than what we are doing now. This is disgraceful. Listen, I jumped shit from the Knicks when they got rid of all of my boys. Hewin, Starks, Mason Pass, Oaks. That's my era. But I am in this era now, and I'm loving the young boys. You understand? I'm loving them, and I would have loved. Love to have Donovan Mitchell with us. Oh, my God, what excitement this man would have brought to New York. I actually might have bought a ticket and went to the game and watched this man in person. <laughs> my daughter is down there. She's security down there. And she comes back with these stories because she touches the players. I love it. But I am so, so upset. 
that we didn't get Donovan Mitchell. I am so upset. You should be upset. And I appreciate the call and the love, Brooklyn. Really held it down just now. I really appreciate the love, my friend. And, you know, uh, all, all types of, of praise that you just threw in my direction is very humbling. I, I do appreciate it. And, and got to gotta shout out the bosses for giving me this opportunity. Because uh, I've enjoyed doing it. It's, it's been fun talking to you guys. been fun uh, being on this side, having gone from being a producer to now hosting, it's been a good time. Everything you just said about the Knicks, <laughs> I, I can't disagree with it. I really can't. Uh, Donovan Mitchell would have would have brought a level of stardom that we haven't seen since Carmelo Anthony. Now, the only thing, and it's just nitpicky that I would disagree with, is uh, is he a superstar? No, he's not a superstar. I, I am not as... I am not as generous with that superstar tag as I think most people in the media are. I, I, I resign that for a select group of people. So I've got superstars, uh, Steph, Giannis, Luka, no doubters. Jokic, uh, I would put John Moran in there. I would put uh, Jason Tatum's in that conversation. Those are the no doubt superstars in the NBA. And then obviously Kevin Durant. These are guys, you put them on any team, and they're elevating them to the playoffs, regardless of who, who else is on the roster. Donovan Mitchell is making a case that he is you know, on the cusp of becoming a superstar, but that's just a, a nitpicky thing for me, and I am with you as far as he gives them some stability, he gives them some relevance, and if, if you are the Knicks, and the reason why you didn't make that deal was because of R.J. Barrett. I mean, that's not aging well right now. And it's not that we want to give up on R.J., but it's not it's not a a trade that didn't happen that's aging well. Chris in New Jersey wants to talk about What's up, Chris? Hi, thanks for taking the call. Always great to hear you on the radio. Man, those two calls were terrific. I'm a Knicks fan, like, on the Patrick side all day, every day. Listen, I think there's a couple things here. First... I really, too, I was looking to keep Barrett. I like Donovan Mitchell, but I like some of Barrett. Here's the deal about Barrett. He just doesn't have that killer instinct like a Donovan Mitchell has. Like, he doesn't have it. Great skill player. He looks like a nice guy, right? He just looks like a nice, sweet guy on the court. Like, even when he gets angry, he flexes his muscles. It's like, you're not afraid of this guy. Mitchell, man, that game where he where they came back and beat us or they beat us bad, whatever that game was a couple weeks ago. He's something yeah, else. went to right, overtime. Yeah. Exactly. We just stop here for a minute. Thibodeau, your, your man on the other side right there, he was right. He, he's not – Thibodeau is not the coach anymore. And I play basketball, like, and I watch basketball for around 45. The Knicks look like a pickup basketball team. That's what they look like. They look, they're disjointed. There's no cohesion. There's no chemistry. That's the problem. Even my Knicks, Ewing, Starks, Oakley, Mace, Harper, all these guys, Greg Anthony, all these guys – like, they weren't a finesse basketball team offensively. But they were pretty good. But when they played, they played like a team. And, again, it was Riley, the coach. Some of these coaches, they're not great. They just got better talent. But I will say, Kyrie's opinion aside, like, the Knicks need a coach for today. And the front office, too, it's like, you're right. These guys are supposed to be the guys that attract the celebs, the stars, it ain't there. And I'm with you, too. I do not give around that superstar title generously. I would argue your point about Mitchell and Morant. I would say they're probably along the same line right now. I say Mitchell. That's just my personal opinion. But for me, listen, I just want to see 
a little more killer instinct, and we need a new coach. We need a coach for today that's going to get the. I'll throw a name out there. You is like Tyron Lue. Oh, he's not leaving the Clippers though. I know, man, but you could put Tyron Lue on on the Knicks, and you maybe trade Randall, and now you have. And I like Brunson. That guy is proving something to me. We got something. We got something to build on. You can, but I mean, listen, and I appreciate the call, Chris. The Tyron Lue is he's with the Clippers. The Clippers um, so foolishly were like one of the favorites to win the title this year, and we haven't seen Kawhi Leonard in weeks, and we don't know what's going on there. And I say foolishly, I just never like it never made sense to me. And I get that their roster had a lot of depth, but the Clippers being one of the favorites to win the titles, I I just never saw it. Uh, but that's on the side. As far as Ty Lue, he's the coach of the Clippers. You're not going to fire Tibbs and be able to bring him in there. Uh, the Clippers, they have a, a good group there, and, and he had them in striking distance of making the playoffs last year without Paul George and without Kawhi Leonard. He's he's an excellent coach. He's one of the best coaches in, in, in the NFL. You would love to have Ty Lue, of course, but he's got a job. 800-919-37776. Something odd just happened in the Bills-Vikings game, and... We're going to have to talk about it when we come back and also get back to your phone calls. 800-919-3776 in a moment right here on 98.7. This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. Story, of course, is Saquon Barkley. 152 yards, another touchdown. What an insane season he's had. Uh, Right now on my screen, because the Giants just ended, is... A roller coaster of a game between the Bills and the Vikings. The Vikings, with a chance to take the lead, they were down 27-23 on fourth down with the ball. Kirk Cousins tries a quarterback sneak. He is stopped uh, right short of the goal line. Uh, of, of the goal line. So the score holds to 27-23. On the ensuing possession, the Bills get the ball. Josh Allen fumbles what was a bad snap. The Vikings convert. Uh, the touchdown after picking up the fumble. They are now up 30-27, to 27, 24 seconds left in the game. It is second and two for Buffalo. That team has zero timeouts left, but they do have Josh Allen. So, you know, more than enough time. They're at the 40 yard, their own 40-yard line. So you get into field goal range, about 20-ish yards away from being in field goal range. And they'll have a chance to tie this game and send it to overtime. But it is one of the wildest endings to a game that I can ever remember. And a throw to Gabe Davis uh, was made outside the numbers. And it looks like he caught it inbounds right near field goal range. So the Bills are going to have an opportunity to tie this game and send it to overtime. We will keep you posted on that. But I just said the Giants were victorious, 24-16. to And Brian Dable continues to make a case an excellent one for coach of the year uh, because what he's been able to do with this team that hovered around seven and a half wins over under before the season, they now have seven wins and it's week 10. It's unbelievable. It is unbelievable. And, and coming into today, Saquon Barkley had accounted for 35% of the offensive snaps from, from scrimmage or 35% of the yards from scrimmage for the Giants. And, with really no weapons, Kenny, Kenny Galladay returned today and was an absolute disaster. Dropped a couple passes. Giants fans were booing him. Uh, but for him to have this group at 7-2 and two in year one of this rebuild with the talent deficiency is incredible. 
Brian Dable has been excellent. And before this season, I was skeptical just because, you know, we were all quick to anoint him because he came from Buffalo and he turned Josh Allen around. And Daniel Jones, you know, doesn't look in the mirror and see Josh Allen. But got to give credit where it's due. I don't think it's a slam dunk coach of the year debate right now because Nick Sirianni's team is undefeated. Uh, because Mike McDaniels has the Dolphins on the cusp of being in first place at Week 10, despite you know injuries to the quarterback. Pete Carroll, I know they lost today in, in uh, Germany against the, the Buccaneers, but anyone expect them to be this good with Geno Smith, the quarterback? So it's not a slam-dunk debate, but Brian Dable, what he's been able to do, I mean, he deserves a world of credit. Saquon Barkley, 35 carries for 152 yards. This is what works for the Giants. They're going to keep feeding the beast, and he's going to keep rewarding them. Saquon Barkley is on that short list of candidates. If, if we had to give an MVP to a non-quarterback, Tyreek Hill, Saquon Barkley, that's the list right now. What a season. What a season for the Giants running back. So your call's on the Giants, 800-919-3776. Back to the phone lines we go. Ken in Queens wants to talk. What's up, Ken? How you doing? I just doing wanted well, to say, first-time caller. Appreciate that. And I appreciate your show. But listen, for all the Knicks fans, Danny Ainge was not trading Mitchell to the Knicks. He's a diehard Celtic fan regardless. I know it. Look at the packages they offered him. Don't you think they offered him a decent amount of money as far as trades and, and value? Uh, yeah, Um the final offer, I, I'm trying to remember if R.J. Was Barrett was, was included in the uh, final offer. But See, Our problem is Danny Ainge. Nobody's looking at it. Danny Ainge manipulated a lot of stuff in Boston with trades and everything. But look what he got with Gobert, and now look at what he, the Knicks offered him. They offered him a fair package, a better package than what he received. I don't know if it was a better package. Uh, because they did end up getting Laurie Markkinen, who right now looks like one of the best players in the league, at least in the first 12, 13 games. And the Jazz uh, are the, the number one seed in the West. But uh, look, if you, if, you, if you feel like Danny Ainge was never trading Donovan Mitchell to the Knicks, then I mean, you're, you're allowed to have that opinion. But there are some of us who believe that if, if you put together a package that included you know, R.J. Barrett, Quentin Grimes, and you got a host of first-round picks— then maybe that could have gotten the job done. Oh, we lost him? That's sad. George in the Lower East Side wants to talk. What's up, George? Hey, brother. What's going on, man? Listen, um, I just came from the game, man. Um, I'm going to tell you straight off the bat, man. We rocking, rolling. First quarter was crazy. You know what I mean? And um, we lost it because of our coach. And Tibbs got to go, man. Tibbs is too stubborn. Um, he, a team that was helping us win, the, the chemistry was incredible. And going into the third quarter, you take most of those players out. You put Cam in late when he's chilling, and then you got your whole starting – the whole starting squad was sitting on the bench. You got IQ in there, which I have no problems with, but there's no way in hell that you could you could make sense of Evan Fournier playing major minutes right now when that dude cannot hit a, a water from a boat. Oh, you know what I mean? Awful. So at the end of the day, he... Tim's got to go, man. Evan Fournier has been awful. The contract was bad to begin with, but I mean, the fact that he's been benched now and he's coming off the bench and he still he cannot hit a three to save his life. To your point, it's unbelievable. 
He's been and bad. so that that goes into to coaching, which means that if you can't control the team and he's stubborn, he's not really necessarily. I would demote him, put him on the defensive side of the coach, and bring in Mark Jackson. Man, that's what'll save the city. That's what'll save the Knicks. Well, I appreciate the call, George. I, I don't know that he's taking a demotion to be some you know defensive assistant coach. Uh, but I look if you're a Knicks fan and you're passionate uh, about this team and you're watching Tom Thibodeau. Uh, have this organization at you know six and seven, and the defense is a mess. And I, I really can't argue with you wanting to call for his job. I don't know if that that's going to fix anything. I don't think the Knicks have enough talent to be competitive in a loaded conference. But as I mentioned at the top of the show, it, when the questions become effort, which starts with coaching, and defense, which starts with your guru who happens to be the coach. It's all on the table. It is all on the table. By the way, the Bills were able to march down the field and kick a game-tying field goal. What a game this has been. 30-30 to 30 as we head to overtime. It looks like the Vikings uh, just won the toss, but what a game. And the reason why I'm so invested emotionally is because this is a big game for the Jets. The Jets beat the Bills last week. So right now they own the tiebreaker. Now they, they have to go to Buffalo and play them. And I don't know if any one of us is expecting them to end the season sweeping the Bills. But if, if this is the type of game that if you are projecting the, the opportunity for the Jets to win the AFC East, other teams in the division need to lose, the Dolphins and the Bills and the Pats, this is one of the games you circle and say, yeah, the Bills can lose this game. So the fact that they were, da- they were up, 17, blew that lead, and now it's overtime, <laughs> has me on the edge of my seat. It has me on the edge of my seat. Meanwhile, the Giants, once again, 24-16 to 16 was the final score. If you're leaving the stadium and want to call in and talk about the game, 800-919-3776, they did what they needed to do. The Giants, at seven wins now, I'm going to say it would be a disappointment if they missed the playoffs. It would be a disappointment. It's not a failure, but you do recalibrate your expectations as more information is presented to you. And the information presented to us is Saquon Barkley is the comeback player of the year. He's one of the best players in football. Brian Dable is already one of the best coaches in football. It might be number one on the coach of the year list. And the Giants have an incredible defense. That's new information. Daniel Jones is playing mistake-free football. It was injuries and turnovers that plagued him. And he's been able to clean up his act. He's not putting up gaudy numbers that's going to have him in conversations with Herbert and Mahomes and Josh Allen. But he's doing everything in his power to put together drives when his team needs it the most. And they score points and they win games. And the Giants, I came across this stat, and their eight games this year, uh, had, they had comebacks. They had to come back and, and they, had, they had trailed in all of their games this year at some point. This was the first time all season long they did not trail at any point during the game. So you come off a bye against a 1-6-1 and Texans team. That is an absolute disaster. I get they were competitive against the Eagles last year, but the Texans stink. Giants coming off a bye. We're talking about the playoffs being in the vicinity. This was the kind of game you needed. And, yes, it felt a little close at times, closer than it needed to be, but the Giants were able to get the job done. So if you want to talk about that, 800-919-3776, hit us up, Ty D. Butler, on Twitter and Instagram. Back with more when we come back right here on 98.7 ESPN. This 
is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. To the Giants beating the Texans this afternoon, 24 to 16. And it was a big, I got some pushback on Twitter for saying it's a big game for the Giants. Uh, but the context is, if you're a playoff team, it's a game you got to win. If the Giants go out there off of a bye against a hapless Houston team and lose, you're concerned about the playoff chances. Because you know, before the season, it was about rebuild, seeing the quarterback. Now it's about, you, you know, you're in a position to make the playoffs. Got to strike when the iron is hot. Windows open and, and they close quickly. Injuries happen, so the Giants are, are getting the job done right now. They're 7-2. and two. And next week, you got the Lions coming to town. It's another game they should win. The Lions beat the Bears today. Who, who saw that coming? So the Lions come in red hot, beat the Packers, beat the Bears. They come to MetLife Stadium to take on the Giants next week. But it is a game the Giants should win and should be 8-2 and two after that. Then it's a quick turnaround because you got the Cowboys on Thanksgiving Day. A fun game in Dallas. They lost uh, to the Cowboys earlier this season. One of their two losses was to Dallas. They had the second loss was right before the bye uh, to the Seahawks in Seattle. Uh, but the Cowboys got the Commanders right after that, then the Eagles. So four straight division games. Cowboys, Commanders, Eagles, Commanders, Vikings. That's a tough five-game stretch. And the Giants have shown that every team they play this year, it's going to be a close game. It's going to be a one-score game. You know, they played the Ravens, beat the Ravens, one-score game. They beat the Packers, one-score game. The, these wins for the Giants are, are one-score games that come all the way down to the wire. Almost lost to the Jags. The Jags had a chance uh, on a final play to get the ball into the end zone and was stopped at the one-yard line. So the, the Giants aren't making it easy for their fans, but the, the results are what they are, 7-2. and two. So if you're a Giant fan, you're excited right now, leaving MetLife Stadium. Hit us up, 800-919-3776. We'll get back to the phone calls, but just quick update on Bills and Vikings. The Vikings have the ball. It is 3rd and 10 right now. Uh, they have a chance to extend this drive. A touchdown wins the game. And it would be a, a horrific loss for the Bills. They are on the 27-yard line of Buffalo. So, in theory, this should be a score regardless, either a field goal or a touchdown. And I will update you on that as a timeout is called in Buffalo. 800-919-3776. Lewis in the Bronx wants to chop it up. What's up, Lewis? Hey, Todd. What's going on? I used to listen to you with, on, when you was on with Dave in the morning. I thought you was good then. I'm glad that you got your own show now. I want to Thank say a couple you, bro. of things. Appreciate I want to say a couple of things. I'm, I'm a diehard Giants, Yankees, and Bulls fan. And the reason Bulls. why I'm Bulls fan is because when I started watching basketball, it was 84. I saw a guy with a tight chain around his neck and a short seizo on his head. And I was like, I love basketball now. So I stayed a Bulls <laughs> fan all my life. You know what I'm saying? But as far as the Giants are concerned, for one thing I want to say, if you notice, if you look at the, the, the stats, defensively, the highest points a team has scored against us is 22 points this whole season. So the defense is playing excellent. In my mind. But as far as me saying, oh, they should go to the playoffs, they should do this, I had no expectations for the Giants this season. So but that changes. Like, that yeah, changes, Lewis. No, you're right. You're right, Todd. But for me, it really doesn't change. It really doesn't change for me because I'm still thinking of the team is still developing. Even though they're looking good, they're 7-2, they're great and all that, but we're not really where we need to be. We have no top receiver. And really, they need to try, they really need to try to get on that OG, uh, Obel Beckham and try to get him back. We really do. Yep. We really need to do that. But here's the thing. Lewis, uh, are yeah. you like are this is a weird question? It's gonna start off weird, but you're gonna get where I'm going after I get the answer. Are, are you in okay, a relationship? Sure. Are you married? Are you you, you yes, have I somebody? That, okay, 
So isn't it on the table that the first time y'all y'all went on a date, you, you weren't thinking that this was going to be a long-term relationship, but as you progress and as y'all get to know each other and, and new information is presented, you're like, you know what? I actually enjoy spending time with this girl. That That's the what? giant season. Like you come in with expectations, but then once the circumstances change and you start to look around and you're like, yo, the NFC is not loaded at all. We have a chance no, to not. strike while the iron is hot. Here's an opportunity to do so. We're seven and two. Why can't why can't we go? I'm not saying win the Super Bowl, but just at the very least, make the playoffs. Well, I, to be honest with you, like you said, the way the NFC is set up, we should make the playoffs. But I don't think fans, Giants fans, should be too excited about doing any damage in the playoffs because we're not really there yet. We're not really there yet. We got a good team. We got a good coach. The defense is playing well, but we still need some type of receiver. Our tight end is out with eye injury. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. we're working with the pieces that we got. I want to say one other thing. It has nothing to do with football or basketball. I just want to talk about the Yankees one time because I'm a Dow Yankee fan. I've seen a lot of the, the World Series wins. I just want to tell Yankee fans, if you've seen the Yankees win a World Series before, please calm down. Please, I just want to say that because everybody is so excited. I've seen so many World Series, and I've seen the Giants win, I've seen the Bulls win. I don't get upset when my team doesn't win every season. I don't do. I don't understand why these Yankee fans get all upset. They must have didn't see the World Series win. That's my opinion on that. Because it's been 13 years, man, and I appreciate the call, Lewis. It has been 13 years as we do a little detour, and I don't want to do too much Yankees. You got you know a lot of football and and hoops to talk about, but. 13 years, it's a long time for a team that's prided itself on, on winning championships. So that's why Yankee fans are upset. They're disappointed because they've been sold on championship or bust. And it's not like the fan base woke up and decided to be spoiled. Uh, watch Jeter's documentary. It, uh, of all the wins, he's ta- he's sitting there thinking about losses. Should have won this year, should have won that year. Mariano Rivera, ask him about championship or bust. Joe Torre, Joe Girardi, like it's not just the fans, the players, the coaches, the managers, top to bottom. That that's been like the the energy around the organization, and and fans have been baptized by that. So that's the the reason why they're upset. But as far as the Giants are concerned, I'm not saying they have to make noise. That's a different conversation. It's just about making the playoffs. I think at seven and two, if you miss the playoffs, that's a disappointment, and that that's not a hot take. That's not giant hate. It's just. When you get to this point in the season, not talking about winning it all or, you know, beating the Eagles. I'm not talking about any of that in the playoffs. I'm just saying simply getting there would be, if you don't do that, would be disappointing. As the Vikings kick a field goal, take a three-point lead over the Bills. So it's score or bust for Buffalo right now. What an exciting game uh, here in Week 10. Uh, Cowboys and Packers are supposed to be on, on Fox right now. That game has already started. I want to give you an update on the score because it is a game that Giant fans will be interested in. Green Bay uh, has its second and eight on their own 19. Dallas and the Packers are scoreless right now, but that game will be on my television screen uh, following the conclusion of this Bills-Vikings game. Chuck in New Jersey left the game and wants to talk about uh, the Giants. What's up, Chuck? Hey, what's going on? Uh, What's going on, Ty? Nice nice to talk to you. I, yeah, I'm, I'm on my way home from the Giant game. Uh, quickly, I, I really wanted to talk about the Knicks, but quickly about the Giants. There obviously is, uh, like, certain things with, with the offense as far as the receiving core. And I saw Cook and I saw Pierce with Texans. Um, they're available. I think they should make a move for those guys if not getting OBJ because we're going to need some – because we don't want to run Saquon Barkley too much. Man. Like, I – I'm afraid this guy might get hurt again if we keep on running and, and running him. 
And also, I have I have a, uh, a question for you, Ty, about the New York Knicks a possible trade because I know that the um, Los Angeles Lakers or I think they might make some moves. So I would like I would love uh, to get Anthony Davis in a New York Knicks uniform for and who? give him Obi, give him Grimes. Um, you know, give him Mitchell Robinson and a, a draft pick. Not happening. I think I'm not happening. No, well, you don't think so. Ant- Anthony Davis is a Hall of Famer. Anthony Davis is still in the prime he's of his not career. He's a Hall of Famer yet. Oh, he, if he's, Anthony Davis he's a move danger for the Knicks. Chuck, so I, you don't think, if, Chuck? If Anthony Davis retired tomorrow, he's walking into the Hall of Fame in five rebuild. years. The, <laughs> If Anthony Davis uh, retired think? tomorrow, he's walking into the Hall of Fame in five years. He was already on the top seventy-five. First of all, look. Well, it, that's it, true. It, that, that, that's there, true, there are two. Like, there are two different conversations happening here, because it is yeah. absolutely on the table that the Laker. I'm a Laker fan. There's absolutely on the table that they will look to trade Anthony Davis. We've already seen some rumors percolating. I don't think that's going to happen now, but it's on the table that it could happen sometime in the future. If it does, yeah. the package you're getting back is not Obi Toppin, Mitchell Robinson, Quentin Grimes, and a draft pick. <laughs> the well, Lakers, well, well, Rob Palenka, well, as bad as he's been, he's hanging the up the phone. Do? They, they have to rebuild the Lakers. Like I think they're done. Like and, and like who's there that the, you know the Knicks could make a big move to get a big superstar? And they always fail to get one. And I'm a huge Knicks fan. I was born in '73. They haven't won since '73. I had a Knicks bib on when I was like, I, there's a picture of me as a baby with a Knicks bib. I mean, like, I was born and bred a Knicks fan. Like, this is horrible, but you know, I wear their hats every day. And like, like, what are you thinking? Like, I think a Davis would be great. In oh, a New he York would be great, a, but here's the uniform. problem, Chuck. Chuck, for, for in order yeah. for you to get, and I appreciate the call, in order for you to get Anthony Davis, yeah, RJ yeah, Barrett, Barrett is is part of that package. The Lakers are going to ask you. No, you can't RJ get rid Barrett. of him. Why can't you okay. get rid of him? He's scoring 30 points a game. I, I think he's going to be an all-star this year. He's not going to be an all-star this year. I appreciate the call, Chuck. I appreciate the call. Uh, he's not going to be an all-star this year. He's, he's, having a, he's having the same season he had last year, shooting... Uh, a less, uh, a lower percentage from three and a higher percentage from the field. He's averaging twenty points. He's not going to be an all star. Look, look at the class. Look at the 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 star power in the Eastern Conference. R.J. Barrett, like if he continues along this trajectory, is not going to be an all star. I'm sorry. And this idea that you're getting Anthony Davis for Obi Toppin, Mitchell Robinson, Quentin Grimes, and a draft pick is lunacy. Back with your phone calls in a moment, 800-919-3776. If you're on hold, stay on hold. We will get to you once we get back. Uh, Giants victorious over the Texans, 24-16. Knicks fall to the Thunder. Uh, Jets are off today. We're going to do it all as we march towards 630, the start of Rangers pregame. Right this is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. Kirk Cousins, you like that? So the Bills had a 27-10 lead in this game over the Vikings. Squandered in regulation. Vikings win the toss, score a field goal. Bills with a chance to either tie the game or take the lead. Josh Allen throws a game-ending, game-ending interception. How about that? So, I mean, right now, 
the the Dolphins are in first place at seven and three, but the Jets did beat Miami. Don't talk to me about backup quarterback and you know third string quarterback. They beat them. They, they they beat the Dolphins. So the Dolphins right now are in first place, which speaks to Mike McDaniel as a side note. Should absolutely be in the coach of the year conversation. As good as Brian Dable has been, Mike McDaniel, Mike McDaniel. He's right there in the coach of the year conversation, especially if the Dolphins find a way to win the AFC East when everyone picked the Bills to not just win the division, but the Super Bowl. Patrick Peterson, another interception. I'm so excited. I am so excited. Everyone picked the Bills to win the Super Bowl. And look, it could still happen, of course, but right now, hold this L, Buffalo. Hold this L, Buffalo. Yeah, you like that because last week they were 10.5-point favorites against the Jets. Jets had no shot of winning that game according to Vegas. And then they beat them. They beat them. Josh Allen had a chance to win the game, fumbled, ends up in a long fourth down, you know, fourth down situation. Was it fourth and 24? Incomplete pass to Gabe Davis. Well, that's certainly going to anger the Bills They'll be ready for this game. And sure, they were ready for this game. Up until the point where they were up 27-10 to 10 and then blew that lead to the Vikings. Oh, man, I'm so excited. If you can hear it in my voice. All the Jet fans out there, you got to be watching this and excited because <laughs> the division is within grasp. It's within grasp. On a day where you're on a bye, where you're not even playing, you still, you, you, you won. The Bills losing this game is a win for the Jets, and I don't want to overreact because there's still a lot of football to be played. It's a long season. The Jets return from a bye to play the Pats next Sunday in Foxborough. What, they lost 12 straight games to New England? At some point, that streak has to end. Is it going to end in Foxborough with Zach Wilson against Bill Belichick, who's known to stymie young quarterbacks? But the Jets play the Pats next week. Come home for the Bears. The Bears, I was high on the Bears after, you know, watching Justin Fields last week against the Dolphins. Bears playing much better. But the Bears just lost to the lowly Lions today. So that could be a win. Then the Jets go to Minnesota to play the Vikings before going to Buffalo to play the Bills. So I said at 6-3, and 4-4 four and four is what it's going to take to get to the playoffs. But if the Bills are going to be out here losing, blowing 17-point leads, man, still got to worry about the Dolphins. That's a threat. But how about that, how about that Jet fans? 800-919-3776. As I see the calls coming in, appreciate y'all. Hit me up on Twitter, at Ty D. Butler, as we continue to go till 630. I'm excited. That's a big win. That is a big win. And, and, and it's so funny. I said today is a stress-free day for Jet fans. No, it wasn't. Because I was I was rooting for the Minnesota Vikings. And that was stressful. But give credit to them. And on the topic of coach of the year, Kevin O'Connell in Minnesota. The Vikings now 8-1 and running away with the NFC North. I don't think they're going to win a Super Bowl. I don't think they're a real contender because I still don't trust Kirk Cousins in big games. But... Kevin O'Connell, another name that gets thrown into the Coach of the Year hat, along with Dable, along with Salah, along with Pete Carroll, along with Mike McDaniels. Man, oh man, what a win for Minnesota. And that is a bad loss for Buffalo. Now, Josh Allen this year, 
well, was one of the favorites to win the MVP. And he's just been sloppy. He had that, that, that awful game against the Dolphins that they lost. He was bad last week against the Jets. And he throws the game-sealing interception today against the Vikings. If, if the Bills are what we projected them to be before the season, they're simply going to have to, to get better quarterback play. That's the reality. AFC East, though, up for grabs right now. You got Miami sitting at one with at seven and three. The Jets, because they own the tiebreaker currently over the Bills, are in second place in the AFC East. Who would have thought that? This is the best division in football. I know we were saying it's the NFC East, but the Commanders, I mean, come on, they're not good. Taylor Heineke is a quarterback. They've got a really good defense, but I'm not taking them seriously. The Dolphins, Jets, Bills, and Pats are all above 500 in the AFC East. This, this is the best division in football. The best division in football. We're, we're hearing Tua and, and MVP conversations, Tyreek Hill, Offensive Player of the Year conversations. The, the, the Dolphins are loaded. The Bills, as I keep mentioning, were favored to win the Super Bowl. The Jets all of a sudden are a 6-3. And three. and then the Patriots with Bill Belichick. <laughs> Mac Jones got hurt, and I forget the quarterback they brought in to, to play the Packers at a competitive game. He's slipping my tongue right here, but they're 5-4. and four. What a division. What a division. What a day. Week 10 in the NFL. Matt and Huntington wants to talk. What's up, Matt? Yo, man. Long-time listener, well, long-time fan, first-time caller. Thank you, bro. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good, man. Just kind of want to talk about the Knicks, why I think with this setup right now, it would be a really bad idea to go after Anthony Davis. Why is that? Uh, yeah, so if they're going to – if they – look, the, the way everything is set up with Tibbs as a coach and his buddy Leon running the team – I don't think they plan on getting rid of Tibbs unless it goes really south really quickly, right? So the thing is, if you go and get Anthony Davis, this is a, this is a coach that, you know, runs his veterans to the ground. You have a guy in Anthony Davis who's oft injured. It, it, it's a recipe for disaster, um, especially, you know, when the Knicks are involved. Yeah, I mean, I appreciate the call, Matt. That was just more of about the caller bringing up a potential Anthony Davis trade and, and what it would take to get him. I don't think the Knicks should be in the Anthony Davis sweepstakes just because I don't know if the timeline matches up. Like, if you're who, who are you trading for Anthony Davis? The Lakers are going to want they're going to want R.J. Barrett. They're going to want Emmanuel quickly. They're going to want Obi Toppin. They're going to want young pieces. If they're trading Anthony Davis, it's because they're signaling that they're entering a rebuild. So the, 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 the trade that the caller offered up just didn't make sense. And that, I, it's not me necessarily saying they should be in the Anthony Davis sweepstakes, though. That, that was just you know me reacting to what the caller said. But as far as the Knicks are concerned, something's going to happen quickly because, no pun intended, the, the upcoming schedule it gets tough with this West Coast trip. You know, the Knicks uh, right now, after losing to... Uh, the the Thunder today are going to go on to play the Jazz, who lead the West on Tuesday, Nuggets on Wednesday, Warriors on Friday, and then the Suns. You're talking about four of the best teams in the West before you play the Thunder again. And then you come back home to play the Trailblazers. So it's a tough road trip coming up. Anytime you go West Coast, it's tough, but especially against uh, those teams out there. Coming up, another hour. 
right here on the Ty Butler Show. We're going until 6.30 on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. You playing this for Knicks fans, Joe? We won't break my soul. The Knicks fans are, are telling... The, their basketball team, that they won't break their soul. Uh, this is our number three on the Ty Butler Show right here on 98.7 ESPN. We are going until 6.30. At that time, we had a little Rangers action on the ice. Uh, Rangers will play the Arizona Coyotes. That pregame is beginning at 6.30. Uh, but still reacting to the Giants who who won this afternoon. Did want to get into a little bit of the uh, old Odell Beckham Jr. sweepstakes, but before I mention that, uh, so, so the Dolphins are on a bye next week, which means now you're gonna love this, Joe Leo, because you're a Jet fan like myself. If the Jets beat the Pats next week, guess who's gonna be sitting in first place in the AFC East? That would be the New York Jets. And it's a game that I think they need to get because of what happened at home against New England, a game the Jets should have won, if not for three inexplicably bad turnovers by Zach Wilson. And I get Belichick. He he is hard on young quarterbacks. I get it. But the Jets are better than the Pats, and they needed to win that game and lost it, and it was so deflating. Like the energy that we had coming into it, it was so deflating. And they found a way to lose that game. But then they made up for it by beating the Bills last week. And now you play the pass again in Foxborough. It's a game you need to have. You need it. If you are if you are a playoff team, if you are a team with any shot of winning this division, that is a game you absolutely need to have. You cannot get swept in your own division and still win the division. It's going to be hard to do that. You, so you've already beaten the Dolphins. You've already beaten the Bills. You've got to beat the Pats next week, and then you'll be sitting pretty through Week 11 in first place in your own division. And I'm excited for it. I am so pumped for that game. The Jets' defense looks absolutely amazing. Sauce Gardner continues to be tremendous. Jermaine Johnson giving them some punch on that defensive line. And, you know, you've lost Brees Hall. You've lost Elijah Vera Tucker. You know, Corey Davis has been out. But the offense... It's not, it's not a great offense by any chance, but you've found a way to, to do just enough to win games. And Zach Wilson has to improve, has to be better. I'm still not sold on him. The Jets have pretty much been winning in spite of him. Though last week, that final drive he orchestrated, it was all running, but he made that big throw to Denzel Mims to extend the drive that helped Buffalo burn some timeouts. Uh, that, that was huge, but he, we still haven't seen the big Zach Wilson game where the conversation the next day is, yeah, I think the Jets got their guy. It still has not happened yet. And for them to be 6-3, and three, devoid of that big Zach Wilson game, is a testament to how excellent the coaching has been. Defensively, the Jets the worst unit in football last year. I was all over Salah for it, but he's improved. And Joe Douglas is drafted well. He's hitting on all these picks. And the Jets are, are a real team now. They're a functional football team, and it's all we could have asked for. It's all we could have hoped for. I didn't expect six and three, but here we are. Here we are. And the Giants, seven and two. We have two not just functional, but playoff contending football teams. Playoff contending football teams. The Cowboys just scored a touchdown on the Packers defense. 
So they're up seven nothing. If you're a Giants fan, you're rooting against uh you're rooting against Dallas because you take a look at the old NFL standings and right now in the NFC East, the Eagles are at number one at eight and no. The Cowboys only sitting in third place because you know this game hasn't gone final yet. So if they win and improve to seven and two because they have the tiebreaker over the Giants, they'll be in second place. Uh, so you're rooting for them to lose this game so that you can be a, ga- a full game up on the Cowboys with that Thanksgiving Day contest coming up where you get to go head-to-head and, and right the wrong from what happened when, when you lost to them earlier in the season. But the Cowboys up 7 nothing on the Packers. Uh, we'll continue to keep you posted on that game. And also, uh, speaking of like rooting interest, if you're a Giants fan, you were rooting for the, the Buccaneers earlier today because, I mean, we would all assume – through all the struggles, Tampa Bay is going to win the NFC South. That division is only going to get one playoff team in there. But with the NFC West being competitive, the Niners play tonight against the Chargers. Uh, the Seahawks, either they're going to win that division or they're going to come in as a wild card team, presumably. And one of the wild card spots you'll be battling if you're the Giants is, is with the Seahawks. So you're rooting for them to lose that game. And, and that's what happened. Uh, though Geno Smith, I mean, he looked impressive. Down 21-3, to touchdown. Brady throws a pick, Geno throws another touchdown, and it looked like they had a chance to you know, pull the upset from down 18 points over in Germany, but the Tampa Bay was able to stay on the field, have their offense stay on the field, and Geno never got his opportunity uh, to, to, to give them the lead. But that was a really good win for the Bucks earlier this morning. Football at 9.30 a.m., how about that? Back to the phone lines, we go 800-919-3776. Lonnie, Lonnie is calling from Long Island. What's up, Lonnie? Are those tomatoes? Hey, how's it going? What up? Well, I've got a couple of things for you. One, my Jets, I think the Jets are going to be well. As long as they stay healthy, the defense plays well, and the running backs play better. They got to step it up with Bryce Hall out. And my Bryce Knicks, Hall. like I said, they have no A's. They got to get – the Knicks got to trade. They got to make some trades. They need some A's. A players, they have none. Barrett is a B. They're all B's, all of them. <laughs> I, I would have did that Mitchell trade. I'm disappointed that we didn't do that. Yeah, what do you I think? Mean, a, a lot of fans are disappointed. And I appreciate the call, Lonnie, because it's one of those non-trades that is that is not aging the way that you would have hoped for. Because you were hoping for R.J. Barrett to really take that next step, and it's year four and it hasn't happened yet. And Donovan Mitchell is playing like one of the best players in basketball for one of the best teams in the Eastern Conference in Cleveland. And... It's it's as Joe Girardi would say, not what you want. As far as the Giants, uh, the Jets stepping up without Brees Hall, that's a tough loss. I, I'm still devastated every day. I think about it, I'm 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 more and more devastated because he was such an exciting player to watch. He was going to run away with the Offensive Rookie of the Year award, <laughs> literally, literally and figuratively, and. That dynamic of him being, you know, someone who can not just do it on the ground, but as a pass-catching running back was amazing. He was such a weapon. He could turn a two-yard gain into a 64-yard touchdown. And losing that for an offense that has already struggled, it's tough. It really is tough. We're comparing best running back since Curtis Martin. And you lose that, and you wonder how significant it's going to be because he didn't just tear his ACL. There's some MCL damage there, and you always wonder how long, if he does come back and is able to be effective, how long is it going to take before he's able to be this good again? 
and to have one of your best options ripped away from you is it, just deflating. But Garrett Wilson, Berrios, Mims all of a sudden is starting to have an impact. Corey Davis, when he gets back, the Jets still have you know, Michael Carter, you know, Matt Robinson. They still have pieces. It's just it comes down to the quarterback, and Zach Wilson can't turn the ball over. When he doesn't do that, the Jets have a chance to beat anybody because their defense is that good. They don't need, you know, Mahomes-level quarterback play. They don't need Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow-level quarterback play because the defense is excellent, and they've got a nice running game. But if you can have Zach just even play pedestrian football, that's good enough. Just right now, overall, it's not good enough because you do want to see him develop into a franchise quarterback. Artie in Brooklyn wants to chop it up. What's up, Artie? Hey, Ty, how are you, buddy? I'm doing well, man. What's up? How you doing? All right. So um, I, I had to call because you, you made that statement that uh, the Jets should beat the Patriots, that they're a better team than the Patriots. Mm-hmm. Now, if if Tucker and, and Hall were still on the team, I, I would say the same thing. But they're not on the team. And I think that if you look now at the quarterback play, Maybe Wilson's got more potential, but if you're thinking about who's going to play better in a big game, I would say Mac Jones is going to play because just just from experience and that he came from the Alabama college and he's coached by Belichick and stuff like that, and and Zach's already proven that he's going to throw a big pick sooner or later. That's just part of his development. I just don't think. And here's the other thing too. Okay, look, Garner was a good pick. But the, I hear people comparing him to Revis now. Now, saying that he's better than Revis now, which well, that's, is ridiculous. That's, that's because in the Buffalo game, who was covering Diggs? It was DJ Reed. It was it was right. DJ Reed. So Sauce was on Gardner. Sauce was on Gardner for the first play of the game and got burned. Yeah. But DJ Reed was right. DJ Reed was covering him. But Sauce's numbers this right. year against uh, against elite receivers has been good. He's, he's rating you if you pay attention to the metrics. Sauce is one of the best cornerbacks already oh, in football. Look, all I know is in this two big plays where you cannot get beat. Okay, there were two plays that Garner made the play, but there easily easily could have been a, a flag on the play. Because his back was turned to the ball. Oh, I've on. seen it so many times. Okay, Artie. so I'm not going to go to the fact that the Jets you can defense say that, right now. Artie, you can say that about most defensive backs. About, you okay, know, that's fine. All right, penalties, you can say that about anybody. My concern is this, is that I, I would be disappointed if they don't make the playoffs. But if to say that they are a playoff team right now without Hall and without Tucker, I don't know. You look, are they better than the Dolphins or the Bills? Are the Jets better than the Dolphins or the Bills? All I know is they they've played yeah. them both and beaten them. So, uh, okay, <laughs> I mean, Josh Allen threw two picks and he played like Wilson. And the Miami quarterback was the third string quarterback. They are not better than the Bills, and they are not better than the, the Dolphins. No, well, we're gonna, we're gonna learn. Listen, Artie, we're gonna learn, right? That's yeah. that's the beauty of this. We're we're gonna learn whether or not they are better than than the Dolphins and the Bills because yes, the Dolphins did roll out. Uh, they're they're not just their backup quarterback, but you know their third string guy. 
But and Josh Allen, you're saying, well, he threw two interceptions. Why did he throw he two did. interceptions? You, wh- okay, but why did he do that? Did he just close his eyes and throw it up, or was it because the Jet defense, Artie, was it because the Jet defense is amazing? The Jet, the Jets defense deserves credit for that. The Jet defense deserves credit. Okay. Absolutely, absolutely, you give credit to them. That's what, that, that's Listen, how I'm sports work. I'm pumped, but I, I, I can't sit here and expect who's going to be favored in that game. The Pats. They're at home and they beat the Jets already. The, of course, New England's going to be favored. Yeah. All right. All right. Thanks for the call, man. I appreciate it. <laughs> no oh, my God. Like, so the Jets don't deserve credit for forcing Josh Allen into multiple turnovers? And we're going to sit here and nitpick Sauce Gardner's got his back turned. He could be called for penalties. Come on now. Don't, don't go out of your way to be a hater. It's a, it's, a beautiful, it's a beautiful Sunday, and you're choosing to spend it by being a hater. That's not good. Back with more of your phone calls coming up right here on 9870. This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. I, I would still be honest and say that if the Bills don't win the AFC East, let, let, let's just pretend, let's just create a hypothetical. And someone says the Bills didn't win the AFC East. It's because this team won it. Then I would say that the answer has to be the Dolphins. right? The Dolphins have shown to be, outside of the Bills, the most complete team in this division. Because you know when Tua is playing and, and, and finishes the game, they're undefeated. Their only losses have come in games where either he was hurt or got hurt during the game. He's been amazing. Tyreek Hill has been sensational, and their defense has been really good. So the Dolphins still get the edge over the Jets, and I'm not writing off the Bills. Just allow me to celebrate a little bit. Don't be corny. I'm not writing the Bills off. They still have every opportunity to win this division. They go out there, they beat the Dolphins, they beat the Jets, you know, they beat the Pats. They'll be fine. They've got... Coming up, they've got um, the Browns and Lions in a five-day stretch. Those are two games that they should absolutely win. So I'm not writing the obituary for the Buffalo Bills. I'm just having a little fun because everyone before the season was a slam dunk that we're going to win it all. Slam dunk. No no content. Why even play the season? Josh Allen's the MVP. The Bills are the best team in football. It's over. What are we doing here? By the way, Aaron Rodgers disconnected on a deep touchdown to uh, Watson, Christian Watson, the rookie. And the Packers have just tied the game against the Cowboys. It's a, this is a game the Cowboys cannot lose. Aaron, Aaron Rodgers has just owned him for years. And after Dak Prescott throws an inexplicable you know, end zone interception, the Packers immediately tie the game. This is a big game. Mike McCarthy doesn't want to return to Lambeau and lose this game. Uh, the Cowboys at 6-2, and two, you're trying to keep up with the Eagles and the Giants against a really bad Packers team. This is not a game you can lose. You cannot lose this game. Back to the phone calls. We go Mitchell in East Windsor. What's up, Mitchell? How's it going, Ty? Thanks for taking my call. What's up, man? You know, it looks like Kansas didn't win overall. The Pat behind I'm just surprised he only has one ring in all these years. Um, defense is not great, but I think defense is good enough. So oh, not the, the Bills, injuries. 
Oh, with the Chiefs? Yeah, I mean, and then the oh, – it was a D, D Ford offsides in the championship game against the Pats that, you know, Chiefs would have yeah. gone on to the Super Bowl. Yeah, and then last year blowing that big lead to the Bengals in the second half. Yeah, that they uh, he he should have more than one ring, but uh, he's he's so talented that even with that being the case, he's he's still got going to have many opportunities. Yeah, he's an unbelievable, he's definitely a Hall of Famer. He's yeah. he's so exactly uh, Nick. He's so talented. Um, how is he? Twelve. Um, I think Michael Carter. It'd be, it'd be he's, he's going to be a good compliment to Hall, especially when he comes back next year. So I like Michael Carter, I like him in North Carolina. And it wasn't just a few weeks ago, I was thinking that the Giants got over on the Bears. But Josh Field has played pretty good. Daniels and Jenny Jones, play, he played his play well this year. Do you think the Giants in the next year or two take a quarterback in the second round? There's so many good quarterbacks that's going to be coming out in the next few years. I don't know what you think, and thanks for taking the call. Enjoy the week. No problem, uh, Mitch. Really appreciate you making the call, and it's it, it's actually something I wanted to talk about today, uh, because Schefter did report earlier that the Giants have tabled the contractual negotiations with Saquon Barkley. They're going to have that conversation reopen at the end of the season because the bye week was the uh, deadline that they put on it because you know, they don't want to have any distractions going the rest of the way. But how it ties in is, you know, the Giants obviously want to retain Saquon Barkley. He's their best player. And if you are going to groom your quarterback, you want to give him this option. You know, you want to have Saquon Barkley as a running back out of the backfield as a receiver as well. They could potentially franchise tag him. That's going to cost them $10 million. But then the question becomes, what do you do with Daniel Jones? I think you're in, like Daniel Jones has earned a right to come back. It's just at what price? Because the Giants, if finding a quarterback is tough. Let's not act like you, you, you could just punt on Daniel Jones and uh, here's another quarterback that's going to come in and, and do the job. It's going to be really tough to replace Daniel Jones if you go in the direction of doing so, which I don't think they will. I think he has earned the opportunity, the right to come back next year uh, as the starting quarterback for this team. He's played really well, and the numbers aren't going to jump out at you. But the, to, to me, the two stats that are most important is he started every game, and he's decreased his turnover. The turnovers have, have, have decreased. And that's big for him. He's making throws, big th- big plays when they need it. I, I don't think he's going to win you a Super Bowl. But for now, yeah, Daniel Jones should be back next season. We'll get, we'll get more into that. By the way, Jay Bromley, former defensive tackle of the Giants, who will be coming up uh, in, in a bit here. Before we get to him, I want to go to some more of your phone calls. 800-919-3776. Buddha's in the Bronx. What's up, Buddha? GB, what's going on, bro? Yo, my dude. My dude. Joe, listen, I just called to you about the Knicks and the Jets again. <laughs> they won't let you stop talking about them. <laughs> but, uh, listen, For different man, reasons, Worldwide though, West right? was For, right. For different Come reasons. On, Worldwide West was right. What do you Is say? somebody going to admit that? Listen, Worldwide West walked in that office last year. He said, listen, we got to get rid of this <laughs> Rose is like, nah, he's my friend. He's like, listen, we ain't getting nobody to come here <laughs> if this guy is the coach. Oh, my God. You yeah, know, but the problem, you, Buddha, is he was the coach of the year just <clears throat> two seasons ago. Yeah, but what I'm saying, though, that there's a difference between whether you're being a coach of the year or whether you're attractive to somebody who's looking to get out of a bad situation, which is what the Knicks are looking for. You know, and, and you know, the reason why I said, listen, Tibbs, I mean, well, he set records today for the most points given up by Knicks team. But 
you know, if defense is his calling card today and a couple of other games were not good for him, but that's not really the issue for him. It, you know, and, and you know, you know what's bad about today, bro? Like, you know, you're looking at R.J. Barrett. This was an up-and-down game. And it kind of showed you where his deficiencies lie in terms of athleticism. You know, he was he was a more highly touted prospect, I guess, than Cam Reddish. Yep. But it seemed like Cam Reddish thrived in that environment. And he shrunk. And that's not a good situation. Cam Reddish can't shoot either. But, you know what I mean, at least he could play an athletic game. He's streaky. So. He's a little more streaky than, uh, than RJ. But, yeah, you're right. Yeah, I think they're both streaky. I just think that his streak is just a little bit lower. Yeah. RJ is going to give you 30%. Cam Reddish is going to give you 26, but athletically, there's really no comparison. I mean, maybe if you could melt the two of them together, you might have a good play. <laughs> it's, just, it's tough, man. It's tough for the Knicks, man. You know, but like now with the Jets, I know I heard you talking with Audie, and I think you owe me an apology. Oh, you should be that? telling me all for? the time how I'm so negative or whatever. And listen, the Jets were losing when I was negative. <laughs> You're always pissed off, and they're winning. What made no sense, and I love Artie, he always brings the passion, the energy, we love it on Sports Tech. What made no sense was after rambling for five minutes about how angry he was, he ends the phone call by saying he's excited for next week against the Patriots. <laughs> Listen, when you're a Jets fan, you've been through so much abuse, there's been a lot of pain, and you know, they could mess you up a little bit. I mean, I don't disagree with him at all about the quarterback. I mean, how could anybody disagree with that? I mean, you know, it's a yeah, but not that. No, nah, that's fine, but not giving the defense credit for forcing the opposing quarterback into turnovers is silly. No, listen, not only that, what I'll say is this. I don't know anybody who says Sauce Gardner was better than Revis. I mean, I think that's way too premature to even yeah, be having that I kind didn't of hear discussion. that either. I didn't but but that. what I will say is, um, you know, if you're going to throw some sauce on your steak, you know, Sauce Gardner is the sauce you're looking for because that boy is A1. Yes, you he know what is. I'm saying? But look, yes, he is. I'll just say this much, man, about the game next week, though. In terms of everything that happened here today, you know, with Buffalo, this is two weeks in a row with Buffalo. Basically, after that Buffalo game, it was two things I got out of there. First of all is, good Lord, the Minnesota Vikings, man. They, 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 Justin Jefferson is the best wide receiver in football. They had Justin Jefferson, Randy Moss, Chris Carter, Chris and Anthony Carter. Carter in my lifetime. Yeah. I mean, could, could New York get one of those guys? You know, and then secondly, let's be honest, Mahomes, they be putting And, and listen, don't, don't, don't forget Stephon Diggs. Don't forget Stephon Diggs. Don't forget Stephon Diggs. Diggs is good, but, but, but Justin Jefferson's better than him. No, he is, but I'm saying Stephon is, is good. Better than him. Yeah, no, Stephon is great, but I'm just saying there's levels to this. Like Meek Mill says, levels. <laughs> but, you know, and, and Mahomes, let, let's be honest. You know, they just – and I love Josh Allen. They keep trying to shove down your throat that he's the clear-cut MVP and he's the clear-cut best quarterback in the league. No, he's not. Mahomes is still better than him. And, you know, when, when you're looking at what's going on with the Bills um, – it's imperative now that the Jets win this game next week. You know, it, it has less for me to do with, you know, exercising demons or any of that other stuff. Like you said, this division has clearly become the best division of football. That could work for you and that could work against you. Now, you're going to have your cannibalism, but when you have that cannibalism, now you're going to have a couple of teams that are going to have higher records than you. Yep. So you got to be careful, you know, you at least want to be second in this division now. Yeah. You know, you understand what I'm talking about? You want to be mm -hmm. second because third in this division might not get you in the playoffs. Yeah, you're, you're playing a, a dangerous game with tiebreakers, and I appreciate the call, Buddha, up, up against the clock. Jay Brownlee's going to join us in a few minutes. But I can't I, – I, 
Jets, it's it's two or death to me. You you get into a dangerous game with tiebreakers if you're falling below that 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 second place mark in in the com, in, in the division. But I'm excited. At least we're having this conversation. Jay Brownlee coming up next. This is the Ty Butler Show on ninety eight point seven ESPN. Yes, I was in my car driving last week, listening to. Jay Bromley, former defensive tackle for the Giants, also a Syracuse guy. That's why he, that's really why we love him. Syracuse, we know Syracuse strong. Listening to him on the air, and I was, I'm like, yo, I gotta talk to this dude, man. I gotta bring him on the show. He sounded so good, breaking the games down, reacting to the Giants game. So I text him, and immediately Ansi said, "Of course I hop on with you." So I was used to booking him as a producer, and for the first time ever, I actually get to talk to him as a host of this show. And we welcome Jay Brown into the show. What's up, bro? How you doing? Todd, man, thank you for having me, man. I'm doing well. I'm so honored to be here. I'm so grateful to see you and happy for you to see you have your own platform and opportunity, man. I'm just thankful. Thank you, bro. I appreciate that. And I'm looking forward to talking to you. And we, of course, have to start with the team that you played for, the Giants, who this afternoon came away with a victory 24 to 16 over the Texans. They're now 7 and 2. Is it fair to say that it would be a disappointment if they didn't make the playoffs? Oh, I mean 100% a disappointment if they don't make the playoffs, you know. What is it? Um a little over halfway through the season uh and you know 7 and 2 and really playing well. Uh kind of really finding their niche and and how they win games with, you know, running the ball and playing good defense, uh, you know, and not needing the quarterback to be Superman. So, I mean, I, it would be very disappointing if they didn't make the playoffs. And, and obviously we got Philly is the best team in that division right now. The Cowboys still uh, playing really well. So, it, it, you know, at least a playing something. How good has Brian Dable been? And where do you rank him as far as the coach of the year because I know it's oh, it's still early technically but it's what we do we love to prematurely talk about MVPs and championship contenders and hand out these awards I wouldn't necessarily say that it's like it, it's, the door is shut on anyone else winning because I, I have heard arguments that you know it's Brian Dable that's not even close uh, because I have seen Kevin O'Connell, you know, his team is eight and one. Nick Sirianni's team is eight and zero. They're undefeated. Mike McDaniel's team is six and three, and right now they're in first place in the AFC East. Uh, how how does your Coach of the Year ranking shape out so far? I think you have to. I think when you when you're considering this, you I think the the number one guy has to be in the most improbable situation. Um, and I think the Giants are probably up there as one of the most improbable situations. You, you're coming in with a very big question mark at quarterback, um, a guy you really don't know if you believe is your franchise guy. Saquon Barkley, your you know top three or four pick, is coming off of, 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 of surgery and injury. You don't know what kind of guy you're getting there. Um, you know, you, you lose. You're coming with a new staff, a new GM, right? All these question marks, right? And then you come out and you – figure out ways to win games. Um, I think that ultimately, because the lack of continuity, really just kind of hope in a guy, Dable, coming from um, Buffalo, coming from, you know, that environment of, of really great defense and, and another New York team um, that's been good for a long time and years and years out. Uh, I think 
man, I think the expectations were, you know, high for him. But it, I think that coach of the year, he should definitely be in the conversation because of all the question marks. Other people, they had quarterbacks. They might have had to figure out schemes and things in that situation. But they kind of knew who they had. The Eagles, you know, are doing a much better job with Hurts figuring out how to put him in the right position and allow his talent and skill sets to, to make do. So I feel like the Giants are definitely in the top one or, you know, two or three head coach conversation for coach of the year. Absolutely. Jay Bromley is our guest. I, I would agree with that. I think he's number one, but the it's going to be a competitive race until the end. Uh, as I just watched Dak Prescott throw another interception. So uh, if you're a Giants fan, you have to be happy with how the Cowboys quarterback has looked so far. It's not two mm-hmm. interceptions he's thrown. 7-7. Seven, seven. The Packers are in, are in uh, Dallas territory right now with a chance to take the lead. Jay, i got to get your thoughts on this. So Schefter comes out today and says that the Giants and Barkley have tabled their uh, – contract negotiation for the end of the season they don't want this to serve as a distraction they had the up until the bye week to figure it out but now it's just you know let's play the rest of the season and see how everything goes uh the the reason why it becomes interesting is because they obviously want to keep him they could use their tag on him but then it creates a, a situation where like what do you do with Daniel Jones if you're the Giants if you're in that front office how do you handle this offseason when it comes to trying to bring back both Barkley and Daniel Jones using the franchise tag and what you give the contract uh, what type of contract you give to both of those guys I think um honestly man we got to compare you know we got to just look at the individuals and look at obviously the positions and the impact that they're having and had the Giants are winning because of Saquon Barkley. They're they're winning more because of Saquon than they are Daniel Jones. And and it goes Saquon, and then you say the defense. Yep. Right? And then Daniel Jones is probably somewhere around fourth or fifth as far as why the Giants are winning. So, you know, and granted, he's played well, man. He's played well. This, this last game, example, he only had to throw the ball like 17 times. Right? So that tells you that the Giants are doing a great job of like live, like running the ball, so he doesn't even have to overexhaust himself to put the team on his back. He's not he's not throwing it forty, fifty times like uh, like Patrick Mahomes or or you know the, the Bills quarterback or Hurts all these things. Like so, he's not the guy that's carrying the team. Um, it's great defense, running the ball in freaking great red zone defense, right? Ultimately, four point plays that are stopping teams from scoring more points than they should. Um, so I think you prioritize Saquon, honestly, as far as especially if he finishes year healthy, uh, go over a thousand yard rusher, impact the team, uh, you know, uh, locker room guy, captain, like all these things, all these tangible things that you want guys to follow behind. Not that Daniel Jones isn't those things, but I feel like you don't you don't have to break the bank to keep Daniel Jones. But as far as the running back market, you're gonna have to pay whatever the market says for Saquon. And that might mean you have to franchise him until you can figure out how to get that done. So I think the priority is Saquon. I think he's the heartbeat of that team offensively. And I think you can get Daniel Jones for a bargain, and he's not going to get overpaid going somewhere else. Jay Bromley is our guest on the program, former defensive tackle, not just for 
uh, the New York Giants, but he did have some time with the Saints and the Niners. Jay, uh, one last Giant question before we move to some other NFL stuff. Uh, Odell Beckham Jr. is nearing a return and hopes to sign with a team by the end of November. A report today says that it's down to the Cowboys, the Bills, the Chiefs, the Niners, and, yes, you guessed it, your New York Giants. So, uh, would you at all, if you were the Giants, be interested in bringing this guy back? And what? And if you do, you know, what could that do for this offense? A hundred percent, you're interested in bringing him back because he is a he's a generational talent man, a, a a locker room guy. He gets a lot of flack in the media for different things, but you you don't meet teammates of Odell Beckham and think in in that say Odell Beckham's not a good teammate. Odell Beckham's always been a great teammate. He's a great locker room guy. He's a great presence, personality um, to have on your football club. And as he's matured and grown as a man, I'm sure that's even better. Um, I think he's really just a, a game changer when it comes to that for the for the offense, for the Giants. It's an opportunity to have a guy that you know you can go to, a clear-cut number one, right, where you can go to in the clutch. The Giants have a lot of receivers. They lost Shepard, right? Galladay has kind of been a ghost, right, for the most part. And you, you you really don't know too many people's names for real, you know, like that, that they're throwing the ball. So I don't know if they have a receiver over 400 yards receiving for real. So it, it really gives them a staple, a guy who's proven that can go in there and help that team. Um, would it be the best situation for him to go to? That's debatable. Which one do you think it is? <laughs> of all the teams I just me... mentioned, Cowboys, <laughs> Chiefs, Giants, Niners and Bills, where, where, where would you, if you were Odell, what, what do you think is the best situation for him? You all, you also say Kansas City. Yeah, that's what I said. Chiefs, Giants, Niners, Cowboys, and yeah. Bills. I don't think I, – I think Kansas City has to be at the top of the list. You get to go play with Patrick Mahomes. You get to play with a quarterback who doesn't have design runs, right? Like, you, you get to play with a quarterback who will toss that pill 50 times a game, and then you get to play for a coach in Andy Reid who will, who will scheme it up. And obviously, unfortunately, I know Juju Smith-Schuster got hurt today. You yeah. don't know what his situation is. That might open the door up for him to go there and become the that guy as far as a clear-cut number one outside threat for them. And Travis Kelsey is going to eat up all the double teams, and you got a running game, and you got, like, it's, I, I think you go there and you think Super Bowl again. <laughs> Absolutely. Bills, same thing, similar. But it, uh, obviously we see that they have their shortcomings as well. But <laughs> I was just going to ask you, too, how concerned should we be about the Bills? Like they beat the Packers uh, in a game where they didn't really play that well in the second half, but the Packers are bad. They come back after that, lose to the Jets as 10.5-point favorites, and then blow a 17-point lead today to the Vikings. How concerned are you, at all, if at all, uh, about what we're watching from Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills? Uh, I mean, it's concerning, but it's, it's kind of like one of them situations where you rather lose early and now and learn a lot about your team. you rather lose early now and learn about, you know, their perseverance, learn about their character, your quarterback learning about how to, you know, those mis- those mistakes that he's making in the red zone and different things of that nature. You want to lose, learn those things now. Obviously, you want to win, but uh, in a month from now, you don't want to be making those same mistakes. You don't want to be, but and I don't think so. I think they're a handful. Josh Allen is a handful, right? He's just a handful with his ability to throw the ball and run the ball. He's an absolute beast, and their defense is always phenomenal, right? So that, for the most part, I think is going to be a good thing for them. They're going to become tougher because of their losses. 
And I think that's that's something to watch out for. Jay Bromley, our guest. Before I get you out of here, Jay, and I appreciate you joining us, i got to talk about the team that I root for, the New York Jets, right now sitting in second place in the AFC East on a bye this week. They come back and play the Pats in Foxborough next week. Uh, any chance we can, at the end of the season, look up and it's like, wow, the Jets just won the AFC East? I think so. I think um, it's, it's about fundamentals, man. It's about – and you obviously going against uh, Belichick, who's uh, renowned as one of the best coaches of all time. Um, he's going to have his teams well prepared. Uh, he's going to have everyone uh, ready to go and, and scouted up for this, this Jets group. But the Jets, Robert Sala, I had the fortune of playing with him for a short period of time with the 49ers. He's a guy that you want to play for. And he has his defense playing as like they want to play for him. And offensively, they're they're you know they're making the most of what they have. Obviously, they lost their best you know rushing threat that really changed the game for them. But um, you know, at quarterback, man, they're making plays, timely plays when they need to, and relying on that defense and special teams. So defense travels, man. So you can go to Foxborough with defense, man. As long as that offense just stays, uh, you know, stays into it, and they just take take what the defense is giving them. They can they can make something shake, and I think the Jets are a pleasant surprise. It's always good when New York is winning. <laughs> it's always good when New York is winning. Yeah, the Mets and Yankees both make the playoffs. The the Jets and Giants are doing well. We just need to send that memo out to the Knicks and, and Nets, who are both under five hundred right now. But yo, Jay, really do appreciate you joining the show, man, and and the love at the top. It, it's been an honor and a pleasure to finally interview you. You are an excellent football mind. Hope to see you get way more opportunities. Got to see you on, listen to you on radio and get you on TV. But you know, for me to you, man, much love and I appreciate you joining the show thanks i appreciate all that man and and bless your show man Uh, you know bless it man You're, you're a great host man and um keep doing your thing thank you my brother appreciate it uh, uh, thanks to uh, Jay Bromley, the former defensive tackle for the Giants, for joining us. We'll get back to your phone calls, 800-919-3776. We're going until 6.30 p.m. on a football Sunday, week 10 in the NFL. Giants get the victory. Jets are off, but we're talking about it all right here in 9870 ESPN. This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. Right now, the Packers lead the Cowboys 14-7 to after another Dak Prescott interception. Uh, this, this would be a miserable loss for Dallas. I mean, they're having a great season, even through the injury to Dak. Cooper Rush came in and played well. Defense is doing well. OBJ is saying he's interested in coming to this team because they have a legitimate shot at winning the Super Bowl. But losing to Aaron Rodgers again in a year where the Packers stink, this, this would be a disaster for Dallas especially if Dak's going to play this poorly. Now, it's, it's still the second quarter. You know, they got a chance to come back. They're only down one touchdown. But you know, Dak has played an awful first half, and th- this is not good news if you're a Cowboys fan. It is good news if you're a Giants fan because you start to play the standings game early, and this, this would be a win that catapults the Giants into second place in the NFC East. Uh, you start to look at it, and then you you play – the Lions next week, and then you play the Cowboys on Thanksgiving. So, you know, you're giving yourself an opportunity to win this division. 800-919-3776. We go to the phone lines. Mike in New Jersey wants to talk. What's up, Mike? Hey, Mike, how you doing? Oh, Mike. This is sad. Uh, Mike wanted to say that 
I, I believe it was that he doesn't want to give the GM a pass. Is that correct, Joe? Doesn't want to give the Knicks GM a pass for what's happening. And the 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 regime here, we don't hear from them. And the 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 moves that they make, in Julius Randle contract in real time, like people want it. Like you had to have that happen because he was so good. But I mean, that's not a contract that you look at fondly right now. Everyone loved the Jalen Brunson hire, but the draft, they haven't performed well in the draft. They they haven't attracted superstars, and I think that's the real problem Knicks fans have. We were sold on you know them being cool and, and wanting to make this a more attractive destination, and they just haven't found a way to attract the elite of the elite. And then you get a guy in Donovan Mitchell who wanted to come here, and for, for one reason or another, you were not able to make that deal happen. So... I understand the frustration if you're a Knicks fan. I was talking to uh, Jay Bromley about Odell Beckham Jr. and the sweepstakes. If you're a Giants fan, I, I just can't imagine not wanting him. Uh, to me, that that just doesn't make any sense. I get that he has been injured in four of his last five seasons, which, by the way, if a guy's been injured in four of his last five seasons and he's now having teams audition for him, that's a boss move for Odell. Because <laughs> he, he's like, all right, Cowboys, Bills, Chiefs, Giants, Niners, show me something. Show me who's the best team of the bunch. Rams and, and Packers, who we was interested in before. Nah, I'm not with it no more because y'all stink. I'm trying to go win another title. And Odell's got these teams auditioning for him. Not going well for the uh, for the Cowboys today. Did go well for the Giants, who are in desperate need of another offensive weapon not named Saquon Barkley. Kenny Galladay returned to the lineup. It was a mess. Slayton had a really good game today, but the Giants need some weapons for Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones, I think, is doing his part. Saquon Barkley's doing more than you could have ever hoped for. Uh, coming into this game, accounting for 35% of the Giants' yards from scrimmage. He, he's been, in, I mean, you run out of the superlatives for, for Saquon. The hope is just that he doesn't wear down because you are feeding him. What did he get, 35 carries today? <laughs> that, that, that's a ton. A buck fifty plus rushing yards, Saquon is balling. But you do need to find other ways to score, and Odell would be a great addition to this team. And I think he has dis- he has displayed the maturation needed for you know people to want to gamble on him after injuries. Because last year he went to the Rams and he was good for them. He knew he wasn't going to be the star of the team, just like he's not going to be the star of the Giants if he comes here. But uh, here's a here's a chance to win another Super Bowl if you go to any of those teams we mentioned, and I think Saquon is going to be an excellent addition to any of them. So that's a story we're going to follow. He hopes to sign by the end of November, and we will see what happens. 30 more minutes coming up in the program before we hand the baton over to Pat O'Keefe in the Rangers game right here on 98.7. This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. Tidy Butler, that's Twitter and Instagram. Uh, the Chiefs have won 24 straight games in November, December. That's the longest streak since 1970. As we go around the NFL, just real quick, the Chiefs today uh, beat the Jags 27-17. to It's so, so funny how coming into the year, myself included, we were all excited about the AFC West, right? That the Raiders with their new toy and Devontae Adams, that the, the Broncos trading for Russell Wilson, the Chargers, another year with Justin Herbert and company. The more things change, the more they remain the same. The Chiefs still 
far and away the best team in that division and the favorites to come out of the AFC. Well, I talked about you know the Bills and the Vikings. Uh, that game earlier today, which was insane, that the the Vikings were trailing twenty seven to ten, and you're thinking the Bills, you know, this game is over. They they're coming out to make a statement following that debacle against the Jets last week, and no, 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 Vikings found a way uh, to tie the game on a a fumbled snap by Josh Allen. They actually took the lead on the fumble snap. Josh Allen comes down, leads them to a game tying field goal. The Vikings get the ball to start the overtime period, get a field goal. Josh Allen with a chance to either tie or win the game, throws an interception, and down go the Bills. So they drop from first place in the AFC East to third, and they're now sixth in the AFC as far as seeding is concerned. So that, that, that was an incredible game. But how did the day start? The day started with the Seahawks and the Buccaneers in Germany. And, and, you know, Tom Brady and the Bucs got off to a quick start. They were up 14-0 at the half and then went up 21-3 before Geno Smith flexed his muscles a little bit. Two touchdowns, had a chance to, you know, bring this team back, but Brady and the Bucs had no no interest in that as they kept Geno on the sidelines and their offense just ran it out. So that was a good win for the Buccaneers, and all of a sudden they're five and half, five and five, and they've got two straight wins. Last week it was in the final seconds against the Rams, and here come Tampa Bay and, and Tom Brady as they continue to get healthy. They continue to get healthy. The Lions beat two straight wins for the Lions in the division against the Packers and against the Bears, and the reason why this is also uh, something we can localize. The Bears, that's a team that the Jets are going to be facing coming up and I started to get nervous about it because Chicago started playing better Justin Fields continuing to look good but you lose to the Lions and all of a sudden my confidence is coming back I think the Jets can absolutely beat Chicago Titans emerged victorious should have beaten the Chiefs last week I had a bad penalty called in the red zone that allowed the Chiefs to convert a two-point conversion but the Chiefs uh Handed to the, not handed, they beat the Broncos by a touchdown, and Denver continues to be one of the most disappointing teams in all of football uh, this season. They had fall to 3-6. and six. Meanwhile, the Titans are 6-3. and three. Dolphins, uh, there was no shot the Browns were going to beat them, but I was rooting for the Browns to win because, you know, the, the Jets is a division rival, but Tua and Tyreek Hill, just too much. Uh, that that game was never closed. Thirty nine to seventeen was the final score. Uh, Pittsburgh gets in the win column today, twenty to ten. They beat the Saints. Kenny Pickett uh, threw for a buck ninety nine, and then uh, locally the Giants took down the Texans twenty four to sixteen. They are now seven and two on the season. Daniel Jones didn't have to do much because Saquon Barkley was like, "Give me the ball, and I'll take us to the promised land." And that is exactly what he did. So the Giants, coming off of a bye, take down the Texans by eight, and now they are in good position to get to the playoffs. Uh, is it going to be by way of the division? Well, the Eagles are going to have to start losing some games, but the Giants play them twice. Play the Commanders twice. Play the Cowboys once on Thanksgiving. So a lot of division games coming up for the Giants. This was one that they needed to win, a game uh, against the lowly Texans. Next week they play the Lions, another game that you feel like they should uh, they should win uh, to get to 8-2. And, two. and uh, those are the scores. Uh, right now the Cardinals up 17-3 to three of the Rams. you got two backup quarterbacks, no Stafford, no Kyler Murray. So it was John Walford against Colt McCoy. I'm sorry, no interest in that at halftime. 14-14, the Cowboys and the Packers. 
Uh, it's the best Green Bay has looked since week four. Dallas can't lose this game. This is a game you have to have. And, and Dak Prescott so far does have two touchdown passes to go with two interceptions. And the Raiders now just took a lead, a one-point lead over the Colts. Jeff Saturday, his coaching debut. I mean, what a mess that press conference was for Jim Irsay. Uh, they, it, look, if you want to be controversial and hire Jeff Saturday, that's one thing. The press conference he had was an absolute disaster. He made no sense. And it, it just it, the the... the the analytics stuff, uh, just everything that he said was done, uh, it's, it's, and that's putting it lightly. But Raiders right now up fourteen to thirteen on the Colts, and then tonight, uh, the Sunday night football game, we have the Niners and the Chargers. San Francisco favored by seven and a half points at home. That's a big number. I know the ch- the Chargers got a lot of injuries, but that is a big, big number. Uh, uh, you know, to be taking on a Niners team that look they're mediocre. They're four and four. Are they a better team? Maybe. Should win the game, but that is a big, big number. 800-919-3776. Back to the phone lines we go. Spike's calling from St. Pete. What's up, Spike? Well, first of all, let me get some of the housekeeping out of the way. Uh, you're doing a tremendous job. As always, I never doubted you, and you, you're you really learning the timing of, of just shifting and doing all that stuff. Plus, you do a good interview, so we're all proud of you. Thank you. And, um, Got to tell you, uh, if I had to pick one guy, Buddha, Buddha and I are pretty good friends now, and that's through the radio station, and that's what makes this a family. So I uh, can't thank all you guys enough. It's, it's just wonderful for me at this point in my life to uh, have the relationships I do. So now let me get nasty. <laughs> I talk about the, the Knicks and the Lakers. <laughs> okay. First of all, one quick comment on the Giants. Uh, Daniel Jones really helps Saquon Barkley, you know, because he's really another threat to run. And on the Buffalo game, I don't know football like I know hoops for sure, but I thought, um, first of all, fumbling a snap, I got I mean, that's, it happens, stuff happens. Yeah, Just but in, the, in the end zone, man, that's rough. That is a rough spot. Yeah, the, the, the you know Buffalo what? defense had just stuffed Minnesota at the goal line, or you know, right. prior to the goal line on a QB sneak. That ten times, nine times out of ten, I guess I should say, uh, is going to be converted for a touchdown. And then on the ensuing possession, right after that, the letdown that is fumbling the snap. I mean, if I were a Bill fan, I would be irate today. Yeah, I was surprised he didn't. I was surprised he didn't step back two or three steps and take a, a snap that he could run right out of the end zone. But be it as it may. So uh, I, I really believe this. Um, talk to some guys that used to work at the station and, and were big hoops guys. I, I got to tell you, I don't think Tibbs is going to survive this road trip. This team looks like they've quit on him. Uh, does it? Pay for guys like myself and others to keep pounding Julius Randle. They're the emptiest 25 and 10 I've ever seen. And he's hard to watch, and I'll give credit to Buddha on that. But I'll leave you with this. You know, sports change, and Gordon finally explained it to me, how the following year's schedule is made up based upon uh, someone who looks at the potential of the under-overs, adds to the uh, pie making this, and then you play the one division or your guys play that division and the second place plays the second place so on and so forth but the caveat to all that is before the season did we think green bay would be this bad did we think seattle would be this bad so sometimes when you go win loss win loss 
it ain't as easy as you think. Do you yeah, agree? It's foolish. It's a game. It's a gimmick. It's a game that we we play because it's fun to do, and, and you know, but it's it's always a gimmick. Yeah. Okay. Well, so your Lakers and the Knicks. I'll swap you. I'll take LeBron, Russell, and AD, and I'll give you the building on Thirty Third Street. <laughs> no thanks, Mike. And I appreciate the call. I, listen, the the Lakers. They're they're bad. That two and ten it should be two and eleven today. I actually play the Nets in three hours from now. The net, the red hot Brooklyn Nets. How about that? Four and one without Kyrie Irving. They they played in these five games the best defense in basketball. Kevin Durant and that offense is, is humming right now. Seth Curry all of a sudden is uh, you can't stop, you can't miss, and. Claxton looks energized this year. Jacques Vaughn, you know, he looks uh, he looks like he's having a good time now that the interim tag has been removed from him. The Nets have been really fun to watch, and now they play the Lakers tonight, a game they should win. The lone LeBron, it's just Anthony Davis. It doesn't look like Kyrie Irving uh, is going to play. He he, the, the suspension was at least five games. The fifth game was yesterday after they you know they they beat the Clippers. But it doesn't look like Kyrie Irving is going to be back just yet. I, I'm just interested to see what's going to happen when he gets back. If the Nets go from clicking on all cylinders to back to being a disaster, and you know he comes back, that's that's going to create and open a door for an interesting conversation about what needs to happen with Kyrie Irving the rest of the year. We wrap up the show next, going till six thirty. Paddle Keep's going to take over. Got coverage of the Rangers and the Coyotes getting you ready for some Rangers action right here on 98.7 ESPN.